0: Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Terry.
1: Welcome to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. Eric today is helping out MSU Denver serving as an auctioneer at the athletic, fundraiser, athletic Department Fundraiser. I'm Terry Fry and I'm with Justin Adams of News 4, sitting in for Eric. You can reach us through the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Eric Goodman and at T Fry and at Justin Adams TV. Justin Adams TV. Dang right. No, uh, no ampersands, no under,
2: no, uh, no, none of that. No, I try to make it as, I try to make it as easy as possible so you could follow me. By the way, you follow me. I will follow you back. You write me, I write you back. Good, bad, or indifferent, man. You blocked me. Well, I mean, you're different, but you know, for everybody else though, I'll follow you. Including Danny. That too. Okay. Well, thanks
1: for helping us out today, Danny. we will, uh, be appreciative of your help. Of course,
3: it was fun with you guys a couple weeks ago. I'm sure it'll be another great Friday show to send everybody into their weekend. Now
1: I know when we come to the highlight of the show, and we've already talked about what it's going to be, uh, Danny, don't cut off Justin. (laughs) Okay, I promise. (laughs) Hey, by the way, this just in, Pavel Fransos just made another save. I know, right? So now it's time for The Lead.
0: The Lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk.
1: Well, the Avalanche beat the uh, Edmonton Oilers last night 4 to nothing, to take a 2-0 lead in the series, now going up to Edmonton for games 3 and 4. Pavel Francos was the story, making 24 saves in a shutout, his second playoff shutout in his career. He's such an interesting story to me because he didn't come over here until he was 28 years old after having played professionally in mm-hmm. the Czech League and also the KHL. And I asked him after the game, and we talked about it uh, in previous times when I did a story on him that he's played for the, for the Czech Republic in the Olympics. He's played for the Czech Republic in the World Championships. He's played for, uh, in, in, those, in playoffs in those high-powered European pro leagues. And so he's been in the spotlight as a goalter, And it's wrong to kind of portray him as a, as, a, as a guy who just came out of nowhere. But it was still an interesting story.
2: Yes, but the biggest thing about him is his injury history. I yeah. believe he missed all of last year with injuries, It's so
1: he had the twin hip yeah. surgeries because of brain injury.
2: Right, and so that's one of the biggest reasons why Darcy Kempfer came over here, right? Is that you need to have at least somebody that you knew for the most part who would have been your number one, but also someone who you felt could at least sustain a season without injuries. He slotted in as
1: their backup goaltender financially mm-hmm. because he they signed him to an extension. Again, during this season, so he's under contract for next year. Darcy Kemper is not, mm-hmm. so that's the other untold part of the story: nope. is that he's playing, he's playing to be the number one goaltender. Darcy Kemper is playing for a job right. for next season, whether it's with the Avalanche or anybody else. And I, I think the other thing, uh, we will get into this later, but Darcy Kemper's eye, eye injury and vision problems are part of the part of the story here. Mm-hmm. And I think the players have kind of lost confidence in him. So it's very, very obvious that, that moving forward. Uh, Pavel Francos will get the Game 3 start, even if Darcy Kemper is cleared, which I don't think it is. He
2: will be. But I I don't know any way you can go back to Darcy Kemper right now. Let's just cut to the chase on some things because we could talk about last night's game. We know it was amazing. We could break down each save. Um, I'm still losing my mind. Uh, The the seventh
1: save in the third period. Oh no!
2: right? Oh, (laughs) no. Is is Pavel Francos good enough for this team to win the Stanley Cup?
1: Yes, he is. If he just gives them pedestrian play it's just, it's a very very fine line but he is a he is a one b or one a goaltender thrust into the spotlight here and guys like that occasionally can just rise to the moment so yeah he's good enough to be, be capable of rising to the moment throughout the playoffs and not necessarily leading this team to the playoffs but i mean to the stanley cup which is what happens so often Guys, rise to the rise to the answer to the challenge and rise to the moment. Mm-hmm. But he's good enough to he's good enough if the Avalanche play as well as they played last night, right, 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 and as well as they can play. He's good enough to lead them to to get them through the Stanley Cup and hoist the cup himself. I
2: thought last night the Avs played the best game that they could possibly play. To be honest with you, I mean, especially defensively, they were just. They were tremendous. I mean, to to know that guys like Evander Kane only had three shots, or you look at Connor McDavid only with two shots, right? A dry right, Saddle only, had, only had yeah three. I mean, when you look at those those players, those are the big three, and they only have three opportunities max in order to get something on net. That just tells you how good the defense was last night. And you know what? If your defense continues to play like that, and we know that it won't always happen that way, but if your defense can give you somewhat that sustained play, it, it's hard to be beaten, especially with the offense you have.
1: Edmonton even started fooling around with his lines, separ- right. separating Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid at times, which I think is kind of. I, I'm I'm of the put the eggs in one basket type of guy. I I still I mean I, I realize this sounds kind of ludicrous now. I still think Bednar should have his top line together. Right, right, right. I, his top Yeah, line together. yeah. That was the very first column I wrote for Colorado Hockey. Now this season was, hey, don't mess around with that top line. And then he, he now he's got Nachushkin on the top mm-hmm, line, mm-hmm. and I understand it's working. But I, I, I would like to see Rantan and McKinnon, and Scott back together. And that's I, I realize that's counterintuitive right, now, right. counter to the evidence. But I'm still kind of of that mind. But but in this case, yeah, Edmonton was was desperate on several fronts. I thought that was kind of silly, uh, silly to break up dry Sidle and make McDavid. Yeah, and, and I also think that they they know they at best at best uh, they're getting mediocre goaltending for 40-year-old Mike Smith. Mike Smith played just good enough last night not to be yanked or or to have the starting job taken away for the rest of the series.
2: Yeah. And that's actually a good thing, right? Like that's a great thing for the Avs. You think the avalanche will probably, Hey,
1: do we really want to keep the pedal of the metal here? They might figure out this guy can't play.
2: I mean, look, when you get three goals in two minutes or four seconds, it really doesn't matter. Right. No. I mean, but that's just the thing about this team though. It They remind me so much of the golden state warriors with Kevin Durant on that team. Like, You could play the best game you have. Think about what happened in the first period. I mean, the Oilers killed off a five-on-three. And you know hockey. You know what? If you you don't score
1: on a five-on-three, it might come back to haunt you. That is the old
2: rule, right? It's going to come back to haunt you, and generally you lose. Well, it always does, actually. And it didn't. No, it didn't. It just showed again that (laughs) this team, the way that the Avs are put together. Well, three mistakes, three goals in two minutes and four seconds. That's all it takes. That's then all they did. it takes. Then this time,
1: Jared Bednar was, was adamant that there was, no, it was not a case of them mandating stepping off the accelerator And the earlier games where they, le, where they lost leads. He was saying, we just made mistakes. And, he, and this team, again, still has the mandate for the defenseman to join the rush and, and be part of the o- mm-hmm. offensive play. And so they didn't, they didn't back off of putting the pedal to the metal this time but they played smarter hockey and didn't make mistakes.
2: And this is part of what smarter hockey is. And again, this is something that I love when you get to learn the By the way, the we sport. saw
1: what stupid hockey was, and oh we my can get God. to that in a We
2: will get to that. I do quickly want to touch on this because this is what smart hockey is all about. You're up by three, three to nothing going into the third. Now I get it, you killed off a power play, in the last series against the Blues, that would have been a goal. You would have went to the third period with the score three to one. The Blues would have had some momentum and then you would have had to go and fiend off, you know, hold on to your two goal lead. And I get what happened in game one of this series. But to kill off that power play right before uh, the end of the second period, going into the yeah. third period, to kill that off... And then the way that they play defense, where you don't go and have those icing calls and you don't just dump the puck in to try to stop the clock or anything like that. To keep the clock moving and to put enough pressure on Edmonton that they couldn't get the momentum back just showed the uh, the maturity of this team. That's what I love so much about last night. You saw the maturity of this young core just blossom right in front of our eyes at Ball Arena. And it was truly a great thing to see. Well, to update... Uh... Darcy Kemper did go on the trip.
1: Good. He was. He Jared Bednar finally admitted that he's now considered day to day, so it's not a serious injury. Mm-hmm. But again, I think it it would be ludicrous for them to make the change and go back to Kemper. I don't think they will. Francis will Fransos will be starting tomorrow night, and probably onward from there. Mm-hmm. But at least Kemper is not. He he doesn't have an injury that's going to put him out for the rest of the playoffs or anything else. So the decision will be on whether. It will have nothing to do necessarily with Kemper's health if he's cleared to play. It looks like it's going to happen, and I also think uh, uh, we we saw one of the worst things in the NHL is when a team gets ahead, when a team will, when a team falls behind mm-hmm. early in a playoff series, you resort to garbage to try to quote send a message. So we saw Vander Kane get two roughing calls that probably deserve more than that. Chris Cassian was fined $2,500 for unsportsmanlike conduct today for ripping off the helmet of Bo Byram in that bench confrontation, which was really kind of bizarre. I mean, they got a two-minute minor for team interference. I've never seen that. Neither, neither have I. <laughs> so the whole the <laughs> neither whole neither thing I. was stupid. Nick Nick Nurse was running around. I I thought they were classier than that. And uh, Wood Woodcroft and uh, well even Dave Manson, Josh's. Hey, by the way. Yeah. Do you think I asked, I asked Josh Manson when he scored a goal, when they scored the goal, did you look over at the Edmonton bench where his father, the assistant yeah, yeah. coaches, and uh, he says, I looked over there and saw one guy. I think that's what he said. <laughs> but it, it is kind of funny that he's playing against his
2: father. It is. And
1: so let me ask you, is is this series over? Is
2: the oil done like dinner? No, no, it's not over yet until you went on the road. I mean, it feels over. I mean, to, to say that Edmonton can win four out of five almost feels impossible, especially to, from what we saw the last two games. But I still go back to what happened last year against Vegas. And don't get me wrong. Vegas was a way better team than Edmonton. Let's just call it what it is, right? They they have the pieces in order to beat the Avs. But the reality is, is that so much changes in the playoffs, especially when you go on the other team's home ice, and so Avs they'll be at Rogers uh, Rogers Place tomorrow night. They need to get Game Three, in my opinion, in order to really lock up this series, and then let's move on to the Stanley Cup Final.
1: Well, I got news for you, Justin. They're going to lose both games in Edmonton. It's going to be two, <laughs> two to two, and everybody's going to be panicking again. We'll see. There will we'll see the seesaw effect of judging judging playoff series of overreacting for single wins or single losses. So hey, when we come back, we're going to talk to Kyle Ryan Blackburn, the new Mile High Sports Nuggets writer, about Josh Kroenke's well illuminating news conference today. So we'll be right back after this.
0: To do drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
1: Welcome back. Eric today is helping out MSU Denver with the Athletic Department fundraising auction. So I'm sitting here today with Justin Adams of Channel 4. News 4. And, you know, the last time we were on together, it was like it was May 20th and it was snowing. Yes. And you were going to have to go in and anchor
2: for three days because <laughs> no. you were the only one living close enough to the studio to be able to get there. Dude, let me tell you, I anchored for four hours. So shout out to a uh, Bekelia White was able to anchor with her. And um, anchoring is fun. Don't get me wrong. Anchoring for four hours is also fun.
1: <laughs>
2: not too much fun on the bladder, but it's very much fun when you are, when you are anchoring. It's, it's it's a great time to be able to do that. You didn't have to be the guy to go stand at Spear Boulevard and I-25 oh in front of the snow coming down behind you. No, though. but get it this week. So June 1st, a couple of days ago, I'm in the mountains and it's snowing. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm not like talking about, oh, you know, you're at Crested Butte. You're at Steamboat Springs. I'm in Golden, right? And it's snowing. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here oh well, welcome to colorado right you're a colorado <laughs> i you am a colorado yeah man it's what's so weird you, you, you never get used to uh the craziness of weather around here but it is what it is man it happens all the time i hate that phrase that's a hockey phrase that's <laughs> a top vertusianism oh god no don't do that oh,
1: it's man. time for the time now for the buzz <laughs>
0: The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089.
1: We have on the phone Ryan Blackburn, the new Mile High Sports Nuggets writer. He attended Josh Cronkey's news conference today, and he's going to enlighten us about what happened. First, first, though, Ryan, could you give us your... Give us your briefly. Briefly, give us your background and how you came to be here, writing now for Mile High Sports.
4: Oh yeah, I uh, I wrote for Denver Stiffs for about six years. I took over for Adam Marius as the site manager back in 2019. And are you as
1: tall as between, Adam?
4: Uh oh oh no! I, I stare up at Adam. He <laughs> uh, he he powers over everything uh, around the Mile High City, but. I look up to him, uh, both metaphorically and physically. He's he's been a very big part of my growth as a writer and a and a leader over there at Denver Stiffs. But uh, uh, between 2019 and 2021, I I became familiar with Nate Lundy and what he was doing at Mile High Sports. He and I worked together on the, the Pickaxe and Roll podcast that's been on the show for a while. And between our relationship then and then kind of my my writing skills over. Uh, Denver Stiffs, we decided to come together and just make me the Nuggets analyst over at Mile High.
1: Well, welcome aboard. So you attended Thank Josh Kroenke's news conference today. Tell us about it. What happened?
4: Yeah, it was it was an interesting one. It, it ran about 40 minutes, and it, it's been delayed, I think, for, for about a week here or so uh, due to food poisoning apparently. The, the Nuggets had a they had a or the Abs had their playoff game that moved it all around, but uh, Josh Kroenke was, he was open. He was honest. He was doing his best to answer as many of the questions as he possibly could without getting too much on the defensive. Though I do think, uh, Nuggets media was, was very not aggressive, but, but trying to get their money's worth because Josh Kroenke rarely speaks. And then silent Stan never, never really speaks at all into in Nuggets media and everything. So it was very interesting to hear from Josh. And, thought he had some, some very
2: enlightening things to say. Let's be honest. We all wanted to hear a couple of things, one being of which is why uh, we have to find alternate routes in order to find uh, Avalanche games or Nuggets games, or just to be very honest, we have to uh, find different websites in order to find those games. We have uh, to cheat. We have to be pirates. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, what did he say about this uh, today? We, he talked about just how the fans um, are not being able to watch the game unless if you have TV?
4: Yeah, he, was, he, he shared that he was uh, upset and angry over the situation and said that he couldn't really get into a whole bunch of specifics because of the current lit- litigation that's going on between Altitude and Comcast, but that he does share with uh, the concerns of Nuggets fans and Avalanche fans that uh, this has been a really tough thing for them. And they haven't signed a deal with Comcast because it would have put them at an already disadvantageous position
1: so, uh, uh, more so
4: than they already are with Comcast. So take that for what you will. Um, I think the, they don't want to sign a bad deal that locks them into a bad situation, and, and Nuggets fans, Avalanche fans, kind of stuck in the middle of that.
1: Take what you can get from Comcast and get the games back on. It's that simple. It, with all the money involved in the in this in the Kroenke family and umbrella, they can afford to have a loss leader. That's that's my opinion, but. What did he say about Tim Conley's exit? It sounded like he got a little bit, of, oh, even a little bit angry about
4: that. Well, he's definitely a little bit angry. Uh, it, it definitely seems like he, he's upset with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and uh, didn't necessarily voice that entirely, but uh, that he was upset with the way that things had gone, that, that the Timberwolves kind of swooped in out of nowhere. Uh, He had initially written a five-year contract for Tim Connolly back in 2019 that included a three-year opt-out period. I don't think he ever really fully believed that Tim Connolly would leave. I think that that opt-out was really to to kind of give him a a little bit of a raise. Uh, But when the T-Wolves came in and swooped in with their offer, that included equity or what he perceived to be equity, what was discussed as equity – uh, the Cronkies were, were not willing to match that deal. And as a result, uh, Tim is now with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Nuggets are once again promoting.
2: Ryan, can you break down equity just a little bit more, uh, just on that side? Obviously, uh, one of the things that I was reading was that, you know, uh, pretty much we're not um, a startup is one of the things that I, I, I was hearing that was being said. Um, my thing is this, is that if this is a guy that you wanted for the long term, you could have a five-year deal on the table, but why didn't you just pay him more, or why didn't you just keep him around, especially when Washington wanted him in
4: 2019? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I, I assume that he should have known that this was coming. Uh, but the, the business model for the Denver Nuggets is that they're going to pay a certain amount for their executives. And this kind of goes into the avalanche. It goes into the Rams and Arsenal and every, every uh, franchise that is tied in with this team, that they do not necessarily want to go above and beyond on the equity standpoint, because once you offer Tim Connolly equity in a conversation like this, then maybe Sean McVay starts looking for equity when he's uh, reworking a new deal with the Rams or Joe Sackick tries to rework a deal with the avalanche. And so they didn't want to open up that can of worms, and, and it sort of put them at a massive disadvantage on the on the negotiating front. And they could never, ever come close to what the Teebles were offering, despite the fact that it wasn't true equity. It was just apparently tied to the franchise's valuation. It's a, it's a bonus that he will eventually get. Uh, I don't know why the Nuggets couldn't have offered the same, but... This is just what I've been told.
1: In the Avalanche's case, the issue is a new practice rate, but we'll we'll leave that for another day. What did they say about Jokic's contract?
4: Well, he said that that's priority number one, that on the, the first week of July that they will be flying to Serbia to hand-deliver that contract to him, which uh, they're going to offer him. I, I assume it's a five-year, $260 million Supermax extension, which is awesome. It's, it's something that Nikola Jokic clearly deserves. Two-time MVP and clearly the the backbone of what's going on in Denver right now. Uh, so I'm not surprised that that he stated that initially, and that seems like that's a that is an open and shut case from his perspective.
2: Ryan also what's going to happen with the rest of this roster? We know about Calvin Booth. We don't know much about what he uh, what he was what he is as a general manager. We're going to find that out right now, especially now that Tim Connolly is with the uh, Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. But what type of moves do you foresee the nuggets making now? going to the draft, going to a free agency? I mean, Will Barton, obviously that's one of the players that's always being talked about being traded or whatnot. But what do you how do you foresee this team looking? when the season starts in November?
4: Well, Josh, I think, opened up on this uh, pretty well. He said that we are, and quote, we are entering a different phase of the organization and this squad in particular, which is its championship or bust. First time those words have been used. First time the Nuggets have treated things like that. And they know that they have a very talented team with Jokic and Murray and Porter coming back. They signed Aaron Gordon to an extension. They just drafted Bones Highland and believe in him. It's on the edges, right? It's on, it's on trying to find the right mix of pieces around the main talent and trying to build the right team, build the right contender. And whether that means a trade of Will Barton or Monte Morris or Jeff Green, J. Michael Green, somebody like that, uh, I do think that the Nuggets are going to be aggressive. That is the word that has been thrown around when discussing Calvin Booth that he is willing to do some of the things with his relationships, uh, his maybe not, not lack of relationships, but he's kind of newer to this and newer to the Nuggets organization than maybe Tim Connelly is. The hope with Calvin is that he could take a fresh set of eyes, look at what's going on with this Nuggets team, and make some very tangible decisions.
1: The Avalanche are in the Western Conference Finals, and comparing that to the Nuggets is is rather stark at times. Did somebody really ask if they were treating the uh, Nuggets as the red-headed
4: stepchild? <laughs> uh, no, well, I, I, don't, I don't think that that, that popped up. If I, I must have missed that part of the, the presser. But I, I, w- I would push back on that a little bit. I, I think that Denver, they got caught with some bad injuries. Yeah. And, and any, anybody that has watched this team knows that they're a top-five talented team in the league that they got caught with a really bad match at Golden State, who's now in the finals right now. Last year, they got caught with a bad match against the Phoenix Suns, who were in the finals then. And they, they, even before that, in the bubble, they lost to the ultimate NBA champion, Los Angeles Lakers. So this Nuggets team, they've gotten a little bit unlucky in terms of the draws. But when you have a healthy roster, when you have a fully healthy group, and, and maybe make some decisions on the margins, they're, they're definitely positioned well to compete next year.
1: MPJ's max contract. That's my comeback.
4: Well, I think that he's going to be fine and, and they have been very cautious with him. I do think that if he could have come, like he he could have come back last year. There's no doubt that he was on track to coming back last year and being fine, being healthy. Uh, He had a minor setback and they just decided to shut him down because he's on a five-year max contract. And they, they know how big it is. They know what they, what they need to do. In order to keep him healthy, and, and it's a long-term plan with him. It's not just a hey, we have to we have to throw everything at the kitchen sink last year because it was a question whether Jamal Murray was coming back, and as it turns out, he wasn't really close. So I- I'm not surprised that they've they've handled him the way that he has been handled. But I do think that they're going to have to come up with an alternate solution to having uh, Michael Porter Jr. on the court for. 36 minutes a night at the
2: playoffs all right ryan before we let you go got to get your predictions we saw game one in the nba finals i was shocked because i'll be very honest i was watching the avs play turned it over and i was like wait a minute warriors are up by 14 i could go to bed and then i turned it back six minutes later and i'm like wait the celtics are in the lead what the heck is going on a prediction my young man what happens to uh, what happens on sunday in game two and then who wins the nba finals
4: yeah, it's a, this is a really really interesting matchup between two teams that are that are fairly similar actually, but uh have have very stark differences in their star players. Uh Steph Curry was awesome in game 1 and and the Celtics still won. And I, I do think that the the Warriors are probably going to take game 2. That's just how these things generally work that if you if you take both games on the road, that is a a very interesting sign and not something that I think is going to happen. I think that the Celtics are probably going to win the title now. I initially picked the Warriors in seven. I would now split that to Celtics in six, Celtics in seven. I think what they showed in that first game was such heavy resilience that it, it's just it's not something that you usually see from a team like that, a team as young as that. So credit to them, and all that credit is due. They're a fantastic and very versatile team.
1: Ryan, thanks for your time. Uh, by the way, and welcome aboard. If you want to remain on Nate's good side, Remember, wear orange and black, and <laughs> and praise everything about the Oregon State Beavers, and say that the the Oregon Ducks are the Antichrist.
4: <laughs> I love it. We'll do. we we'll, uh, we'll see if we could get in some digs on them too.
1: Let's hey, I've it. always wanted to say this. We're running late. We need to take a break. <laughs> so, so
4: when we come back, we'll do
1: the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge. Back after this.
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry Presented by Silter Harmaza. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield At Silter Harmaza. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. Eric
1: today is out, and I'm with Justin Adams of News 4, mm. former Mombella Warrior, mm-hmm. former CU Buff.
2: Oh, keep going.
1: All-around good guy. Oh, yeah. Anything else you want to claim?
2: I mean, you know, you know, husband, you know, father. I'm actually about to have another baby, man. we we'll get into that how a little man, bit later. How many? Uh, just one more. Just one. Well, I might try to get another one. My wife looking good these days, man. Boy, <laughs> okay, we keep going. I'll get myself in
1: trouble. You can reach us through the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> at at Justin Adams TV at T Fry T F R E I, and you can also go to my website at TerryFry.com, Fry dot com T E R Y F R E I dot com,
2: and you you're a writer too. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And so uh, I've, I've, I've done a lot of riding and everything right for our website at CBS4. Uh, so always check it out. Uh, just enjoy, enjoy riding. We talked about that a lot yeah. before, but uh, we, we got some other business to take care of that before we get there.
1: Time now for What's Trending.
0: What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com.
1: Well, we're here for the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with Ty, Cal, Cade, and Evan from the Just Just Us Guys podcast. So, Justin, uh-huh. the Avalanche are one-and-a-half goal favorites versus the oil, Oilers tomorrow night. I keep wanting to call them oil, the Oilers. That's <laughs> the oil. what we call them in the hockey right. circles. Are you taking the Avalanche and giving the goals?
2: Uh, I'm taking the Avalanche, but I'm not giving the goals. I would say this will be... Um, A one-goal win for the Avs. Um, I'm looking at a 4-3 to type of game. Um, I think Edmonton, they'll get on the board first. Avalanche will come back. Get this. Edmonton, they have given up the most goals in the second period in the postseason. They've given up 22 goals in the postseason. That is the most in the second period. So I see the Avs really doing some damage in the second period, regaining the lead, and holding on for the victory.
1: Oilers are going to win a close one on home ice before the wild home crowd up there in the uh, mosh pit outside. And uh, they'll get back to two to one in the series, and uh, I think Mike Smith will play a presentable game. So how, the over/under is seven goals.
2: Yeah, I'm right at seven. Okay. So I, you know, I, I guess what that the under is that how it works these days? You take it would under. be a
3: push. That would be a so push. So if you bet it you wouldn't lose but you wouldn't win well hey push it back way back um
2: look i i, I just see this as a 4 to 3 game i mean uh, edmonton they average 4 goals a game they average on, uh, the average the avs on the road they average 5 goals right so i just see it somewhere around there i really believe edmonton will pull up a good fight but give me the avs to get the dub
1: i'll take the uh i'll take the under i think it'll be a low scoring okay. game and mike smith will be mike smith will be uh praised for one night
0: all
2: right all right not bad I don't think Mike Smith's going to show up. <laughs> so that's our, take on,
1: that's our take on that part of the, of the line. Now you can bet $100 on Nathan McKinnon to score a goal, and you win $116. If you bet 100 on him not scoring a goal, you win sixty-seven fifty-seven. Amazingly, the odds are better that he does score, which is a rarity. How are you betting on this?
2: Nathan McKinnon gets a goal to night. Let's just leave it right there. It's not going to be difficult you know, I'm sitting here looking
1: at that I, as it was outlined there I almost don't that doesn't even seem right
2: it doesn't but I'll take the 116 yeah I will too I mean I got some diapers to take care of man we already talked <laughs> about babies okay I, I need those extra Pampers okay so I'm taking that 116 all day every day do you have any faith in Mike Smith can can restore anybody's faith in him I don't think it's I don't think he's the problem unfortunately I, I really don't I, I I think last night kind of showed that he had a really good game and if you really no, look he didn't at the game, have a really good game. Well, he, had a, he had a competent, professional goaltender type but, game. But that's the deal. When you stop a five-on-three, right? And you have several power plays, right? Even though the abs were very sloppy in the power play, okay? But they didn't score the first period. But when you go into second period and you have several different defensive mistakes and bang, 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 three goals in two minutes of four seconds, it just shows that the abs are just better. They're just better than Edmonton. They could scratch out a win. It happens all the time where teams that are the underdog somehow gets to win. But la- but at the end of the day, the Avs are just better.
1: I have a weird key. I think is I think one of the keys is how the fourth line plays in the on the road. That they're oh, yeah. like contributing that. a lot of energy, actually contributing some offense, of just keeping the momentum going, yeah. not necessarily scoring. So I think that, that's the one shot they hit that's one of the shots they have on the road. And I'm gonna be very interested. I know we get a little overexcited and pay too much attention to the goaltending sometimes, but I think it's a very crucial issue whether Pavel Francis is a playoff-quality, money-type goaltender moving forward. It helps
2: to have good defense, though. Anytime your defense plays well and you're not seeing a lot of shots, it's not that just the shots that you're not seeing or anything like that. It's the quality of the shots. It's the scoring chances. It's those dangerous plays that are right in front of the net that Fred Solstin didn't have a lot of last night. He was able to go and withstand several power plays, and he did his job. And you know what? The Avs got the shutout victory, and I expect the same thing. Not a shutout, but I do expect the Avs to get a dub tomorrow night in, Ab- in uh, Edmonton.
1: Okay, that was the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge. And uh, when we come back, Danny... What do we have coming up on the Mile High Appliance just in case you missed it?
3: Well, Kevin Durant and Stephen A. Smith have been going back and forth on Twitter this week, and Stephen A. Smith addressed it on television as well today. Kevin Durant is probably the most online superstar athlete that I've ever seen in my life. I love it. We'll get your take on it, and we'll also talk about some college fight songs after the break right here on Afternoon Drive with Adams and Fry on mile high sports
0: carrot magic ending. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda, a no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. Eric today is helping
1: out MSU Denver serving as an auctioneer at a fundraiser for the athletic department. And we should be getting behind MSU Denver's basketball program, the Roadrunners. Yeah. Bill Ficke's son, Dan, has come from Belmont Abbey, Belmont Abbey to be head coach at the Division II program Good. in every area. And so Good. He He's talking about recruiting the Denver area harder than the program did in the past. That's fine. And I think they've got a terrific little, not little, they got a terrific gym. It's a great place to go to a basketball game. So that's a little plug out for uh, the MSU Denver Roadrunners of the uh, Rocky Mountain Athletic Crown.
2: Get rowdy! That's their that's their a hashtag. They like to get rowdy. So good for them, man. Metro State didn't think I'll be talking about them on this show today, but uh, shout out to the RMAC D2. Uh, quickly though, uh, just one one real quick thing. Black Hills State, they're in the RMAC. They're in the Final Four. So if you're talking about just how good basketball is in the RMAC, Black Hills State was in the Final Four, man. Well, they, MSU they right there. won several. Exactly. National Championships under Mike Dunlap. I mean, and it is funny, Regis University. Same, we're all,
1: most of those guys were Australian. <laughs>
2: dude, they got so many. And that's right before you could get a, it became popular to get so many players overseas at MSU, they were the first to do it. Uh, what is it? Mike Dunlap, he Mike was the Dunlap, coach. Yeah. yeah. Bad dude. They they should have won another championship a couple of years ago too, man, but couldn't make their free throws. But that's neither here nor there. You've
1: got to make your free Gotta throw. make your
2: free throws, baby.
1: Time now for the final
0: word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan. With Dan McKenzie at com. So what do we have
1: in the mountain high? Just advice. in
0: case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville. Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store
3: in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Kevin Durant and Stephen A. Smith going back and forth on Twitter and television this week after Stephen A. said Michael Jordan changed the NBA for the worse because of the individualization of the league. It made it too much about wanting to be like Mike, not the team aspect of basketball. Uh, He said Steph Curry causing similar issues for the NBA with furthering that individualization. And Kevin Durant said, those two guys have done nothing but advance the game of basketball. Stephen A, you're being ridiculous. You can't talk like that. Uh, Your reaction to those comments from Stephen A?
2: Put me down for Kevin Durant's side. (laughs) Right. Uh, I think you have to ask the question, did uh a... Magic Johnson? Did he mess up the game? Because, you know, he really individual, right? Uh, how about Larry Bird? Did he did he mess up the game? Is that another thing? Um, you can make your arguments about what Allen Iverson or whatever, right? They just ushered in a different part of the game. The reality is this, okay? Corporations at their best always talk about individual players. It doesn't take away from the team aspect, but you have to sell individuals and in order to get butts in the seats. That's just the reality of the situation. And the NHL has always been behind
1: on that point. They try to try to overdo the team angle. And it, nobody buys it completely no. anyway. Play up your big stars. There's nothing wrong with it.
2: Nobody talks about the Denver Broncos and says, Oh, look at the Broncos! No, it's Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. When Vaughn was here, it was Vaughn Miller and the Denver Broncos. You just got to catch up with the times.
3: Yeah, I think that the game's going to evolve no matter who spearheads that evolution. So we're fortunate to have gotten to see some incredible players do that with the NBA, I think. Uh, So with a guy like Kevin Durant, he's online a lot. I always see him in the comments with just average Joes either talking basketball or telling them how dumb they are for a take they have on sports. Do you like a superstar like KD who is so active on social media? Or would you think that you want your superstars to be a little more behind the scenes, not out in the muck with the normal everyday social media bottom feeders? In radio, you used to have
1: like, what, a seven second drop button? Was that right? We have a 15 second one 15 second. Kevin Durant should have a 15 second drop button on his Twitter. (laughs) So he has 15 (laughs) seconds to look at that. And say, do I really want to say that?
2: And you know what? He'll go right past that 15 and just (laughs) press it anyway. Yes, he would.
1: (laughs) I love it. No, (laughs) I love it. You mean I can say blankety blank and you have 15 seconds to. Oh, that's it. I'm not going to do it right now because you
3: didn't say anything. But (laughs) I do. Yeah. Just in case because you never know what someone might say. Literally. Just in case you missed missed it. it. Just in case if you missed that, we have 15 seconds to go and save your behind. Just in case you missed it. Notre Dame has updated its fight song. Uh, the lyrics used to be, while her loyal sons are marching onward to victory. Uh, those lyrics will now be, while her loyal sons and daughters march on to victory. Your thoughts on that change? Just including the female students I'm fine in with that. I
1: don't have any problem with that. My high school in Oregon, uh, when I moved here as junior in high school, we were the Axemen. And it's now changed to the Axe to be gender not, to not be gender specific. I don't have any problem with it
2: at all. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, uh, Notre Dame—they they need to focus more so on uh, not getting blown out in the uh, college football playoff. That'll be a good thing for them. But, uh, but
1: they, do, they do have a—it's a really good fight song, anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't change much. It, it is what it is. Hey, change for the, the sake there of the time. You times. are Todd Bertuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is.
3: Uh, you guys are both CU alums. So are so, you, and and I am as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Colorado fight song?
1: I, I you could pay me a million dollars to hum and sing the words to the CU fight song, and I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, I think there might be somebody in this room that probably could do it. You know what? I'll be that guy. Give me a second. Because what do, do mean? you mean? Right? You have to. What do you have to do? Like put. Spray your
2: throat or no. what? Oh, baby, you gotta get ready to go, man. If you gonna sing this song, you gotta sing it right, baby. You gotta make sure that you're ready to go. I can't hear it. Who cares? Here we go, folks. The CU fight song. If you don't know about it, the best fight song ever. You ready? One, two, one, two, three. Fight. See you down the field. See you must win. Five, five, four five for victory. See you knows no defeat will roll up our body score. Never give it shoulder to shoulder we will fight, 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 fight! Buffaloes, buffaloes, go see you! Yeah!
1: Justin, don't quit your day job. Woo!
2: That's in my great. in
3: my day at CU, we said something very ah. different than Buffaloes, Buffaloes, go see you. But I don't think th- that one I would need the dump button for. Yeah. So I won't say it. Nobody
2: she- ever says Buffaloes, Buffaloes, go see you, Dubai, by the way. CSU
3: has a good fight
1: song <laughs> because it has the word stalwart in it. If you ever use the word stalwart, people look at you and assume
2: you went to CSU. Man, I am lightheaded right now, by the way. Good God. That is a small helmet. Had it gets that it, on? Gets the, it gets the people going, though. <laughs> uh, gets the blood flowing. Goodness. we need a break. (laughs) No, we got to go one more.
3: One more. Let's do it. One more. All right. Eastern conference finals, game two Rangers lead one note, one to nothing. They host the lightning six o'clock mountain time tonight on ESPN expectations for New York, Tampa Bay game two, Tampa Bay
1: smokes and Vasilevsky gets his game back together. That was a purely aberrational game. Uh, Shesterkin is another great goaltender, but Tampa Bay, the three time defending Stanley cup champions, uh, we'll take this easily. And I'm trying to think of what the Tampa Bay Lightning fight
2: song sounds like. <laughs> Nothing like the one that we have with CU. Uh, get this, since uh, the 2020 playoffs started, remember in the bubble? Tampa Bay after a loss, they're 17-0. and 0. They will be 18-0 and tonight, okay? look, they're, they're, They will get the dub. This is a 1-1 series headed back to Tampa, and this is a seven-game series. It has written all over it. So good for New York to get that game-1 dub because you're definitely going to need that in this series.
1: Well, that was your highly entertaining Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Ryan Bolding of NHL.com, Colorado Hockey Now, and this Saturday noon hockey show on Mile High sports radio about this series about the avalanche and looking forward so we'll we we'll be back after this can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight what
4: i do ain't make believe people say i sit and try but when it comes to being daylight it's just me myself